0: And that's the two sides of it, right? Because the TV market is moving really fast. People are uh, changing their behaviors on how they consume content every year. And the same
1: thing in the social space. Welcome back to Titans of Customer Engagement, a customer experience podcast from Koros. You are looking for the next step toward creating a connected customer experience And this is the place to learn from industry peers and leaders, how to build a CX strategy with human connection so that you can create customers for life. Let's get started.
2: Hello, and welcome to the show. I'm Anna Lozarski, your host today, and I'm excited to have Lars Ooze as our guest he joins us from TB2 Denmark and is someone we consider a titan of customer engagement. Lars, over to you to introduce yourself to our audience.
0: Thank you and thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, my name is Lars and uh, I'm at TB2 Denmark, uh, which is uh, one of the biggest broadcasters in Denmark. Um, we manage 60 different um TV channels and our own streaming service, our own website uh, and a lot of different social media channels and uh, I'm the social media team lead for the uh, the marketing department so uh, we have a lot of fun projects in the works all the time, a lot of campaigns going and um, just generally a lot of fun.
2: So I'm sure that our audience will be aware of the presence of broadcasters on social media, but they might be less familiar with how TV networks approach social and what they're looking to achieve. I'd love to hear more about your remit at TV2 and what your sort of reason to be is on the social channels.
0: Sure. It's a big topic, right? (laughs) Because there's a lot of different uh, concerns in, in that regard. So of course, we exist as a marketing channel. Basically, so our our greatest mission is to move people, change their behavior, to uh, consume some of the content we produce every day on all our different platforms internally at the TV2 system. But to do that, of course, there's more layers than that. Uh, Of course, there's like a a tactical layer to it. So uh, we need to sell some uh, TV subscriptions, basically. But also, the marketing and the branding part is a really big one for TV2. Uh, We. Put community management at the top of our list. We want to create a lot of different content that uh, motivates people to engage with us and engage with the different shows we have. So, as much as it is about basically selling stuff, it's just as much about keeping people engaged and interested in our content and. Come back month after month because uh, the likely content, both on social and on our own platforms.
2: Yeah, so it sounds like it's less of a customer engagement and more of an audience engagement approach, which is cool. I know we spoke in our first conversation about your approach to the customer or the audience experience, and I thought it was a fascinating approach that TV2 takes. How do you feel TV2 differentiates itself or stands out in your approach to the audience experience on social media?
0: Sure. I think we do a lot of stuff that a lot of other broadcasters do. But one of the areas that we really focus on is the customer engagement and the audience engagement. And we have been working with Corus for a couple of years now and uh, refining and building the processes around community management a lot. So... Um, we receive approximately 2 million items a year at TV2. So a lot of incoming traffic across our platforms. So to be able to sort and prioritize in that and make meaningful conversations where it's needed uh, has definitely been a high priority for us. And I feel we have been building a process and, and a system that enables us to handle everything from uh, a big fictional show uh, blowing up in, the, in a very positive way to, on the other hand, like a crisis management situation uh, where we need to be uh, communicating on behalf on, of, of the whole uh, company.
2: So when we last spoke, I remember you were telling me about a specific example when you had run a campaign that was really successful, and that was TV2Denmark taking a bit of a stance on social.
0: Yeah, yeah uh, we just um, we just launched a new campaign that started in uh, a bit of an unusual way so uh, tv2 is the host of the x factor here in denmark you all know the, the big uh, amateur singer show right and The last season we had, some of the contestants actually received a lot of harmful messages on the X Factor. And uh, we spent a lot of time in community management uh, preparing these contestants, um, taking care Mm -hmm. of them on our platforms where we can, trying to protect them from uh, a situation they've never been in before. Suddenly, we have total amateurs who sing in front of a million people. They will get some Backlash and some opinions on social that they never tried before. So, we we, uh, use a lot of energy on preparing them, uh, helping them as much as we can, and of course, protecting them in in the the different comment sections. But this time, uh, we could definitely feel that during the whole pandemic stuff, a lot of people had more opinions than usual, uh, and these. Uh, contestants were hit harder than usual. So we wanted to take a stance against that and trying to educate the Danish people about how big the problem is with harmful comments on social and and where uh, they're coming from. That's actually ordinary people who are going in there. So we decided to move really fast um, on on top of this uh, uh, topic and First of all, we decided that we wanted to activate our whole organization. So not only the marketing department where I am, but also the news department did interviews with uh, politicians and... uh, different people who are experts in the field and the sports department went out to uh, national athletes and talked to them about how what they receive on social and how they get death threats and all that kind of stuff and uh, our morning and even talk shows uh, engaged with with the audience that way and uh, our new sites uh, blew up with a lot of articles we, we pretty much activated all our different platforms and then on social and the marketing we, we actually uh, decided to produce like a branding film in a week which is pretty quick for us at least in the TV business and and make it like uh, a stance and the unique position we have as a broadcaster in Denmark is... It, Denmark is a pretty small country, we are around 6 million people. But as a big broadcaster, we have the opportunity to make a lot of noise in that space. So we, we luckily pretty quickly saw that it was taking uh, taking off, both with uh, different influences and in other medias in Denmark, and uh, of course, the, the people watching X Factor. And we had really positive um, feedback. Uh, we could actually see pretty quickly that the tone on our platforms, at least, was starting to change and hopefully it it will keep on going. But the the real challenge here was, of course, uh, in two parts. First of all, when you launch a campaign like that, you need to be able to uh, make sure that you're doing the best you can. And how do you make sure that these kind of harmful comments are not posted on your page? And That is definitely one of the areas where Chorus really shines for us to be able to identify where we need to um, put our energy to get the most effect out of it and be able to sort and prioritize on where our community managers need to do most of the work. The second part is, of course, uh, looking beyond our own platforms. Is this really a problem just maybe for us or is it a a general problem? Um, We could see inside the Chorus data that it had, been there's been an increase in how many harmful comments we could see across our different platforms so we at least had some insights to build uh, our campaign on but when we released it we pretty quickly realized that there was not a problem just for us it was a problem for every other media outlet and every other politician every other sports star out there in denmark so a lot of people actually Took this as as an opportunity to talk about the problem, and um, we're definitely trying to build that into our brand platform from now. Um, trying to to take a stand not only this once, but trying to build a system around it. Um, and that, that's where Chorus really can help us, and it is already, because we refined it so much, uh, that, that when you launch this kind of campaign, you get a lot of questions, you get a lot of engagement around it, and we wanted to make sure that that we also could catch all that in uh, this opportunity.
2: It's such a great story. I love that you're willing to get involved in those tough conversations and have the integrity to stand up for what you as an organization think is right. It's been so cool to hear how you've approached that challenge in a specific case. Um, I'd love to zoom out and understand what you see the challenges being within your industry. You mentioned factors like streaming services emerging in broadcast and how that has had an impact on your presence on social. I suppose kind of what keeps you on your toes in your role.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's (laughs) There's a lot of challenges, but that's that's what makes it fun, right? So I think in in the broadcasting space, we are definitely seeing a change where we as a broadcaster was really used to being more business-to-business because we sold a lot of our subscriptions through distributors. And suddenly when we move into the... Um, space of streaming services, we become much closer to the actual customers because we're selling directly to them. So that's somewhat of a new discipline for us. Uh, We spent the last 30 years being really good at the business-to-business stuff, but now we have to learn to get really good at the customer stuff. Luckily, social is a tool where you get really close to the customer anyway, so it's not like it's completely new for us, but it's moving really, really fast. And that's the two sides of it, right? Because the TV market is moving really fast. People are uh, changing their behavior on how they consume content every year, and the same thing in the social space. So, if you did Facebook the same thing, you, the same way you did Facebook five years ago, you probably won't perform that well. So, we have to run on two different tracks all the time to keep up. But that also presents new opportunity all the time to innovate and try out new things and uh, new formats and new ways to engage with uh, customers that may be cable cutting, but suddenly they are on a digital service. Uh, instead
2: what sort of things are you doing that are innovative and new on the social channels
0: I, th- I think we are trying to experiment a lot with new platforms so when tiktok launched in denmark we are trying that out because why not try that out if we can reach new target audiences that we are having a problem with targeting through uh traditional media. YouTube is another one where even though it's been around for a long time we are seeing that a lot more young people are moving to YouTube for original content. How do we manage that? The the social paid discipline is uh, of course not new but something we are always experimenting with. How can we connect that with our different services outside of social and uh, do do it in the smartest way possible? That's always the, the blessing and the curse about social right? You can measure everything and Of course, it's hard to to get the data sometimes, but the even harder part is finding out what is relevant to you and how do you combine it in a meaningful way with stuff outside of social. So I, I think there's a lot of challenges and they probably won't stay the same very long, but that's what keeps it interesting, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I suppose with all of these different channels to engage with customers on, you've really noticed that change. I wonder, has that had an impact on how you work or how you're structured internally as well?
0: I think it's been a development through a a lot of years, actually. So through the last 10 years, uh, we have spent a lot of time educating uh, our colleagues, our uh, competitors, our users on what can social do and why is it so powerful. And I think We steadily reached a point where everybody understands a lot of it, at least some of it, and it becomes more and more integrated into our different campaigns. I remember just like yeah 10 years ago it would be the social team trying to find campaigns where they could latch on to and be like oh it could be really cool to do something here and now we're definitely in the reverse situation that people are coming to us and saying oh i want more social here and oh it'd be so cool if we did this then we actually have to say no to something and um, of course that's really privileged in in a broadcasting situation because we have so much content that we actually get to say no to some of really some really quality content um but it we do in TV2 marketing over 300 campaigns a year, so there's almost something starting out every day. So that's the other balance of it. How do you prioritize what you need to actually market and where you put your energy so you get the most effect for the buck, basically? Um We could do everything or we could do nothing, but the sweet spot is somewhere in the middle, I think.
2: That's fascinating that you've seen the business recognize the importance of social in engaging with customers um, to the point where you've had to say, actually, no, we probably don't want to take on that specific channel or that way of engaging. That's really interesting. And that brings me on to, I suppose, given your experience over the years and your involvement in social now, I'd love to understand what you would suggest to our listeners to start doing today to improve the customer or the audience experience.
0: Yeah, that's also a really hard question, right? Because it depends so much on what your product is, who your audience is and and what you want to achieve. I think the first advice is uh, to structure what you want out of it And be realistic uh, with how many platforms you can uh, manage. And choose the the platforms that fit your needs the best, and then do them really well. Uh, If you're spread the butter too thin, uh, it might... Uh, seems like you're really dishonest on some of these channels, that you, you're not there to actually use the social aspect on, on social media and just be a publishing channel. And of course, you could do that and just harvest the clicks if you want. But in my experience, it's much more effective to use the tools you actually get from social to actually be social, to engage with people here and create a community and a bond between you and the user. We, we usually say that the difference between the customer service and the community management is that we are a, a branding branch of it. So we want to give the consumer an experience with our product that is so strong that they want to come back. If you, It's a little harsh, maybe, but if you're in the customer service, uh, you're there to solve a problem, right? You, you're there to delight the customer, but you're there to solve a problem for the customer where we, of course, want to solve the problem too, but... If on top of that, we really wanted to give them uh, an experience that is so compelling uh, that you can't not go back and try some of our products elsewhere.
2: Now, I feel like some of our listeners are probably going to be quite envious of you as a broadcaster. I feel like you'll sit on really good content, really professional content that comes to you from the channels and production companies that you work with. So I'd love to hear your perspective, I suppose, given the wealth of content that you have what makes really compelling content to engage your audience with?
0: Yes. Um, that, of course, also depends on what you want to do with your social talents. What what are your uh, KPIs and what do you want to achieve? I think at TB2, um, the rule of thumb here is that we want our content to, um, to avoid, uh, awaken a feeling in somebody. So they... When we publish something, um, we always think about what kind of feeling do we want to leave the customer with. Um, And it doesn't have to be happiness. It can be sadness. It can be anger. It can be um, envious. Uh, There's a lot of different options. But uh, in our experience, uh, to create that memorable moment where you actually – stand out in in a, a really saturated space. We have a lot of competitors. It's not only other broadcasters in Denmark. We are competing with everybody, basically. Of course, more Disney and Netflix and stuff like that, but also uh, your regular uh, brands that does everything else are also creating content to trying to catch that memorable moment for people. Something that that invokes a feeling and that actually uh, is non-forgettable. Uh, that, that's the goal of it at least.
2: That's a fascinating perspective and I love what you've outlined there um, and I thought I loved my job <laughs> but I think what you're saying about the wealth of insights and the value that that can have on the rest of the business really hit the nail on the head for me. I think it's an awesome way to put that. I love what you noted as well that it's great that social media is such an equaliser where anyone can have their voice heard. And yes, that gives us true insight into our customers and our audiences. But we also need to be careful that it has this risk associated with it of potentially harmful content. And so we also have a duty to speak up and stand up for what's right if we see that becoming prevalent um, or getting out of hand. I'd also like to ask about your perspective or a commonly held belief about working on social or in marketing that you've noticed and you think, I vehemently disagree with that. Is there anything you can think of there?
0: I think it's much easier to talk about what I love because there's so much more. (laughs) Um, I think one of the things that is really standing out when you're on your broadcaster and working in social is timing. So... When you order a regular TV show, it might be like six months before it airs, if you're lucky. If you put something out on social, you get the response in a minute. And the users will know if they like it, and they will know if they don't like it. So it's a great tool for feedback that before the digital age, it was really hard to get that feedback quickly. So you pretty much just published something and then hoped Uh, that people would like it and then in a year you could redo it with the feedback you got here we actually get the instantaneous feedback not only in the in the form of comments but also all the data we can collect and we can use that to change our products in a meaningful way for the users on the flip side of that of course that creates a lot of noise a lot of users want different things how do you filter out in that to to actually get the, the great feedback and filter out the the less great feedback um but suddenly we have developed the social platforms for not only being for publishing and engaging uh, inwards out, but also getting the feedback. And the organizations are steadily becoming more receptive to actually accepting that feedback and uh, reacting to it. And actually changing the product in a meaningful way. Um, and I think that's a really beautiful thing. And it also means that the social team at TV2 are probably the people who knows our customers the best because they actually talk to them every day. Where the TV producers are amazing at their job, but they talk to the, the uh, actual viewers of the TV shows uh, much rarely than we do. And we also get so much insight to what everyone in the house is doing because um, we get to represent every department so when the sports department does a, a national football game we get to be in the comment section and and uh, help them with that and engage with customers that way on in the same way then we do a, a national election on the news channel uh, so the, the is so broad what we get to do and that means there's something for everyone and of course. Because we're such a big broadcaster, we also get the privilege of uh, calling people you wouldn't normally call. So it's not a problem to actually call the Royal Danish card. We could just do it. So that's a real big privilege and that makes for um, much more fun content. Um, because I think the the bane of the existence in social is, is to be forgettable, is to be um, something you just scroll through. Um, and that's, of course, the challenge every time because you want to balance your message to be something that's actually memorable, but not something that's just silly or provoking for the sake of provoking. One of the uh, really fun parts of actually doing social at TV2 is that we get to make content that matters and that people actually seize and react to and change behavior on top of that. If I have to highlight something I don't like about it, I think the harmful comments is a good case for that because that's the 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 structure of social it's an amplifier um it amplifies the good and the bad so you see someone uh you would never see before social media suddenly have a voice uh that might not be very pleasant and i think everybody has a responsibility for that to try to combat that but that's the consequence of of giving everybody a channel to express themselves you get to see a lot of great posts. i got a, a lot of great people expressing their opinions, but you also see the dark side of that. And maybe that's just someone you don't agree with. Maybe that's something, somebody actually being mean, but you get to see it all suddenly. <laughs> so sometimes that might bring you down a little bit, but uh, luckily at least in TV2, uh, we get much more love than we get hate. <laughs>
2: Are there any other brands or organizations that you look to for inspiration? Or is there anything that you've seen recently that you think... That was really cool. I'd love to build something like that into our approach at TBT.
0: I think that differs a lot from business to business. So if I take the stance of the, the broadcasting business, there was a trend a couple of years ago where you would try to format already existing material for other channels into the social channels. And I think that's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine. If you just like not uh, do the effort and actually just post uh, content that were meant for different channels, I think people are coming tech savvy enough to see right through that instantaneously. And that does not uh, really help with the the actual goal of of engaging with people. If you're using it as a, a broadcasting tool, you're missing out. I think <laughs> you could definitely do that. And there, there's a lot of different, um, broadcasters and a lot of different companies who do that to a great extent with great success and reach their goals that way. But I think the real power of social, uh, really shines when you get to engage with your customers and, uh, give and take from them, um, in a meaningful way. It's hard. There's, I think there's a lot of people who do a really good job at social, um, I think that the most important part is is to actually be genuine and try to get across that you want to talk to people and not just push uh, content down their throat. The, the market is so saturated that if you try to uh, do that approach, you probably won't get very far with your content.
2: I love what you've alluded to there about not being a lazy marketer and recycling and repurposing content just to tick a box that says, you know, yes, we've scheduled content that day. I love that perspective to really make an effort and be personal on the channels. It sounds like TV2 really are pushing boundaries in your approach and the way that you engage with your audience. I'd love to understand, is there anything you've got planned for the future on how you want to engage with your audience or what you've got planned for working on the different social networks in the future?
0: Sure. Um, luckily, we have a really robust system around a lot of our social activities right now. So I think we're, we are going to keep building on that and make sure they are robust enough to meet the demand of the future. But more importantly, as we mentioned in the beginning, when the TV uh industry is moving so fast and the social movie uh, industry is moving so fast, we need to keep up. So we're definitely planning a lot of experimenting with new platforms. We are uh, trying out new formats uh, on different shows. That's also the the two-sided part of it. So, of course, the social part is one. So we're experimenting with TikTok and YouTube and all that kind of stuff. But also in how do you make that relevant in a show like The X Factor or Strictly Come Dancing or that kind of show. Um, And how do you integrate that into TV and how do you integrate the feedback? These kind of processes, we haven't found the perfect uh, solution to yet. And I don't think we ever will because when we have found it, it will probably have changed. So I think it's really important that we keep on trying out the the new tools we get, the new opportunities we get, and the the new uh, demands that, that users are creating for the TV industry. Uh, there's so many ways to consume content now, so why not try out new stuff and make sure that it, that it makes sense for us uh, to put our energy there? But you can't do that if you don't try it out. So I think the the most important uh, asset for us is to be able to move quickly and try out new things uh, to keep up with, with the, the industry.
2: Are there any other brands or organizations that you look to for inspiration? Or is there anything that you've seen recently that you think... That was really cool. I'd love to build something like
0: that into our approach at TV 2 Oh, there's so many. I want to do it all. (laughs) No, but of course we we look a lot to our national competitors. So the other broadcasters in Denmark and the international ones. So um, especially the ones that has uh, broadcasters that are streaming only because they're not used to having uh, the big platforms in the TV industry that we have. Uh, So they had to to do it um, from the ground up. Uh, and of course we can learn a lot from that and we, we already are in talks with a lot of them, but beyond something uh, like TV, I think we can learn a lot from the brands who are starting out on social and building up from there. So something like the, the Unilad family, which pretty much just started as a meme sharing site, as far as I know, but have built like a, a media company around that, uh, without big TV ads and without, uh, millions in spending in the beginning Um, but the things they are really good at is creating content that leaves people with a feeling in the beginning it was pretty much just humor but now it's much more broader and listening to the feedback and see where you can put those different kinds of content in different channels so people know to what to expect and they want to keep on going so they got sports and they got food and that suddenly they act a lot like a tv network but on social uh, and a lot of different platforms now, but but um, they had to build it in a digital age and not, like us, move from the TV age into the digital. So those kind of brands are really interesting to us because they have already done what we are we are in the middle of doing.
2: Yeah, I'd never thought about the overlap between these, to your point, broadcasters who started putting content out on the sh- social channels And what you can learn as a broadcaster who started on traditional TV channels and what you can learn from the new approaches from these, I guess, more digitally nimble organisations. That's really interesting. One last question that has come to mind as we think about the joy of TV. We've spoken about two big international programmes, Strictly Come Dancing, or Dancing with the Stars as it's known in the US, and The X Factor. So the big question is, which is your favourite Which would you choose over the other?
0: (laughs) Uh, That's like choosing between your children. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I I think if if I had to chill out on a Friday night at home by myself without working, I would probably choose the X Factor. I think there's uh, the, the human stories of these amateurs who are just so passionate about what they do. Um, trying to work up to actually be able to um, get through the the clutter. They are, of course, also uh, combating all the noise from everybody else in the music industry. Uh, That just makes for great TV. Yeah,
2: I agree. I prefer the X Factor also. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time, Lars. This has been a really valuable conversation for our listeners to hear. And I've so enjoyed learning more about your approach and the great work that TV2 are doing on social. Before you go, please point us in the direction of where we can follow your content on the social channels.
0: Sure. Thank you for having me. Uh, Yeah, um, pretty much it's TV2Denmark on all the different platforms. Uh, We are mostly on uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, Twitter, a little bit on TikTok as well. Uh, All the different places you can find us, uh, TV2Denmark.
2: Thank you, Lars. And thank you, everyone, for tuning into this episode of the Titans of Customer Engagement.
1: Thanks for spending time with us today on Titans of Customer Engagement, a customer experience podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, leave us a review, and spread the word. Your feedback means a lot to us. Continue the conversation on Coros Atlas at community.coros.com. Until next time. The CX world is now digital first. It's what customers expect and Kouros can help. Kouros is an award-winning customer engagement platform built to turn those siloed interactions with your customer into enterprise value. You can harness the power of human connection across the customer experience from outbound marketing, social, messaging, chat and SMS to owned and digital communities. Customer engagement means staying always connected. Find out how customer first software and services can make you a titan of customer engagement at coros.com